Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and we're very, very happy and thrilled to welcome Kim Fay, who wrote the really terrific book that we all read for tonight, Love and Saffron. Thank you. And I'll, I'll just mention that the Fiction Old and New group, Book Group uh, from AccessibleWorld.org meets the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock. And at the end of the meeting, I'll mention the book for, for next time. Um, for those of you who come regularly, you know that I usually give some information about the author, <laughs> which I won't be doing this evening um, because we can all ask him you know, lots of lots of good questions. Uh, what I am going to do is I'm going to just read a little bit of a review about this book that I thought was, was a really good summary. Um, and then I have three questions that I was going to ask her to start the discussion. And then what I'll do is I will call on people individually. Now, if you do not want to talk, and of course you don't have to, um, just mute yourself and I will not call on you. Um, but if you do want to um, ask him a question or make a comment about the book, then just leave yourself unmuted. So let's get started. Um, so for um, the website Shelf Awareness about the book Love and Saffron, the part of the review said, an unutterably delightful epistolary novel. In this sweet, slender novel, Faye uses vibrant food descriptions to connect her two main characters and to assist them in coping with the dire news of an alarming era. Perfect for those burned out by the current news cycles. <laughs> and, um, Love and Saffron is a gentle escape to the past and also a reminder and, and also a reminder both that others have survived unprecedented times and that the deep connection can be made even when people are physically separated. And I, I just thought that was so perfect, um, that review. Um, it really just sort of encapsulated everything. Um, so Kim, I, I thought I would start out by asking you a question about the, the audiobook. Okay. Um, but most of us uh, here are, are blind or visually impaired. Mm -hmm. And many of us have listened to the book as an audiobook. Mm -hmm. So I, I was wondering two things. Uh, first of all, have you heard any part of the audiobook? And also, um, did you have any part in the production of the audiobook at all? Oh, thank you, Michelle. That's a good, it's an interesting question because I'll, I'll say with my, my first novel, I had no part in it. Um, you know, they chose a narrator, a lovely woman, and she read the book and they asked me maybe a couple pronunciation questions. But with this book, they actually, I, I guess you would liken it to when you cast a movie or something. They, they sent me a list of, of links to narrators and, um, you know, said, what do you think? And which was really hard for me because most of the characters are based on real people. So I have their voices in my head. Mm -hmm. So I kind of turned to my sister, who's an audiobook fiend and um, other friends, my agent. But it was fun because we, we, we went back and forth. You know, does this do we think this sounds like her? Do we think this sounds of the time period? Um, you know, do we think this sounds like a younger woman, an older woman? And so that was really fun. Um, and then after that, they have a producer and a director who actually, um, they almost direct it like a radio play. And that's all done by them. And so I don't get to listen to that. And, you know, once, once I've said, I like this person or don't like this person, then it, it goes um, out there. But it was fun to be able to go in and narrate the author's note. Um, yeah, which I was able well, you, to, you had some to terrific narrators. Um, you, They're they, wonderful yeah. people. I mean, they I really feel are. so lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, I was amazed that with the length of this book that you actually had four <laughs> narrators, but it was just so perfect. So th thank you for sharing that experience. Um, so I read on your website and also mm -hmm. it was a little bit in the book that you have been to Asia. Yes. And 
you've, you, it sounds like you've lived there for a while and mm-hmm. you've done some traveling. Um, I was wondering if you could just share a little bit about your experiences for, for many of us who have never been to Asia, what, what it was like to go there. Definitely. Um, it, my interest in Asia goes back a long way. My grandfather was in the Navy in the 1930s and he was stationed all around Asia in Japan, um, China and different countries. So he, and he had one of those little brownie cameras and had tons and tons of photos. So ever since I was little, this was just a place that was planted, you know, in my, in my psyche. And when I got older, um, I traveled there a couple of times when I was in my early twenties, but after I finished, I was working at a bookstore in Seattle and I actually got a job teaching English in Vietnam in 1995. Mm. And I moved there uh, for, I'd been offered a six month contract because the country hadn't really opened up yet. And the, my bosses said, you know, we want to make sure you're comfortable, but I, I fell in love with the place. I ended up living there for four years. And then I ended up working on a guidebook series about the region, uh, writing a food book about Vietnam. And I still continue to travel back and forth on a regular basis. But it was it was a real eye-opener. One of the reasons I'd wanted to, to live, I, I hadn't necessarily chosen Vietnam, but I felt as a young American, I wanted to live in another country. And then Vietnam chose me. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those experiences that it was just, it changed my life because it changed my worldview. And obviously, you know, America and Vietnam are inextricably tied together historically. So it was very fascinating to be there just 20 years after the war had ended. And I taught, um, I taught adults. I taught conversational English. So most of the people I taught were people who'd been speaking English before 1975 and were eager to jump back in the conversation. And it was an incredibly special experience to be able to spend my days with these people and have them, you know, they, they really taught me because I was in my twenties and they were all probably forties, fifties, and sixties. And they opened up my world I would guess in a way far deeper than I opened up theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, if anybody has specific questions about it, I I would be more than happy to answer those. Was the language a problem dealing with Vietnamese, which is so tonal? Um, Well, considering the fact that I'm nearly tone deaf, David, yes. (laughs) Um, Because the language itself would be easy to learn in and of itself because it doesn't have any, um, like there's no verb tenses. So you don't have to learn to conjugate verbs, wow. but man, those tones, if you can't, there's six tones for every word. Oof. And if you can't oh. get those, I am functional. So I can get around in Vietnamese, um, you know, and it's odd. I had, well, I call her my Vietnamese mom. She was the mom of one of my students who really took me in when I lived over there. You know, she and I spent so much time together and she didn't speak any English and I didn't speak any Vietnamese, but for some reason we, we managed to do just fine um, being, you know, being with one another. So I I would also say, and I I think this people don't expect this. Everybody I met was very open. You know, they were very open to welcoming you into their world even. And and I guess what my book is about communion, my food book is the fact that, you know, if you're going to sit, if you sit down and have a meal with somebody, you don't necessarily have to speak the same language because you can always um, communicate in other ways over the food. So that was a lot of where my fascination with the food came from. Well, I know we have a lot of people here who are wonderful cooks and very mm. in food. So I know we're going to get a lot of questions about food. So the last question that I'll ask mm-hmm. you, question: I don't want to ask too many questions about the novel because I want everyone to have a chance. But one okay. thing that I wondered was, um, your your two main characters, mm-hmm. they had a, a wonderful and 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 deep and and life changing friendship. I, and I wonder if in any way you thought of them as having any type of a mother daughter bond, or did you see them as two characters who were were just extraordinarily good friends? I feel like they were a little bit of everything, Michelle. I feel that they were 
exceptional friends, but I do feel there was a bit of mother daughter. I also feel there was a bit of older sister, younger sister, and even mentor. And when it comes, when the mentorship part, I think that went both ways um, because Joan, the young character, you know, guided Imogen as much as Imogen guided Joan. But that's something I've learned as I get older, that these relationships I have with younger people, they start to, you know, I, I've worked in a program where I've been with kids since they were five years old, and a lot of them are now in their 30s. So as time has passed, our relationship, it's shifted, you Mm -hmm. know, and these, some of the the younger ones, they even take on a more maternal role with me as I get older and um, they get older, but I would, I didn't want it to be just, just one thing because I, I, I think there are so many there's so many layers to their relationship, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. That's a wonderful yeah. answer. Thank <laughs> you. Well, I'm going to just start calling on people. And okay. again, if you're not interested in talking, just keep yourself muted. So I'm I'm going to call on Sherry because she told me that this novel, I think you said, was your favorite book that you read so far this year. So, Oh, I'm Sherry, sure thank you. I'm yes, sure thank you, Kim. This was say. just an awesome, awesome book. I just loved it. And it just shows that you can have friendships with people that aren't necessarily your age. Mm -hmm. And they were both really strong women characters with interesting lives. I thought it was interesting how the food, like, um, I think it was Imogene that couldn't find garlic and there was Mm -hmm. a lack of like ethnic restaurants in a town like Seattle. Yeah. And I must say, I worked in Seattle in like 2006 and seven and Pike Mm -hmm. Place Market is still going strong. Yeah. Quite the tourist attraction. And lastly, I laughed out loud when, um, Imogene said that opera was like a box of howling cats. <laughs> I've got to say, I don't know if you feel that way, Kim, and maybe you don't want to say, but being a peasant that I am, I I'm strongly agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the reasons, Sherry, the Sherry, there's a little secret, like a little funny thing in there. I do. I, I, I want to like opera, but I just don't get it. I know. Me too. But Joan, the character that um, the woman who Joan is based on, Barbara Hansen, who is a, a friend who's 30 years older than me, um, she is, is during the pandemic when she we were in lockdown, the Metropolitan Opera kept her afloat. Oh, wow. You know, she would write me these emails about what she was listening to and describing <laughs> it all. And it's amazing. And I'm just like, I don't, Barbara, I don't get it. I just don't get oh, it. Well, hopefully she didn't send you links that you felt obligated to listen to. <laughs> she knew better. Okay. Well, I won't keep you any longer. I just, oh, I also no. did cry at the end of the book. And that was, yeah. it was really moving the way you wrote it and everything. It was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful book. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sherry. I'm so, I just, I'm just grateful when people read it and they have this feeling because I, you know, I, I mentioned in the book, I wrote it during the pandemic and I wrote it as a way to bring some friends of mine out of kind of the darkness of it, but also to bring myself out of the darkness mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, next I was going to call on Abby because Abby yeah. wrote a, a terrific uh, review that we actually sent to Kim this afternoon. Yeah, I was very I flattered. Thank you, Abby. might have something good to say. Why don't you go ahead, Abby? Okay, well, um, well, as I said in my review, you know, I, last week I had my booster Another yeah. the last of the boot, and then the next day, I was starting to feel chills and so and a little fever and so the effects. And one thing I like to do when I'm not feeling well is just stretch out in the recliner and read a good book. And yeah. so, and as I said in the book, one of the things that really struck me is how Imogene's husband, you know, made her an omelet with her favorite mm-hmm. ingredients. You know, when she was not feeling well. Yeah. And I also, you know, my heart went out to Joan when she was, you know, in a relationship where she. It you know would have been frowned upon back mm-hmm. then, and uh, you know so. And I really like the you know the author's notes at the end, and even and even the inclusion of uh, the original yeah a column that Imogen wrote. You know that in, I guess that inspired uh, Joan's letter to her with mm-hmm. with the saffron. I thought that was really a nice touch. So it, it was just a great book. I really don't have any questions. I I, <laughs> I just I, I just enjoyed it, and uh, you know, you. And so it, it was great. Thank you. 
Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that 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 uh, the column at the end of the book was actually my editor's idea. Oh, I didn't write that in the beginning. And she said, Kim, she goes, I just want to know why Joan wrote. Yeah. And she yeah. goes, I just I just need to know. Could you please could you please write me a column so I can feel why Joan wrote to her? And I yeah. wrote and I wrote that column okay. and she was like, I really want this in the book. So I and I was okay. very happy because it. It was something, I guess, that was in my head, but I hadn't thought about putting down on paper. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, next, I'm going to introduce you to David. David is also okay. a fellow writer. He's a big historical fiction fan. Okay. And what I would describe as a tremendous foodie. So this oh. book is right up his alley. Wow. Um, David, would you like to share any comments? Yes. Um I did want to say that I was sorry Imogen had to die at the end. I really wanted them to stay friends for the next 30 years so Imogen could be the godmother to Joan's mm-hmm. child. I was, But I know you, you mentioned in your um, author's notes that these people are based on people, and that's is yeah. what happened. So you kind of were hewing to what had happened yeah. in the sense. The food was – I'm glad Imogen got to fly to Paris and do it at a time when – Jets offered champagne and caviar. And <laughs> yeah. when dress, the golden age of flight, and they weren't crammed in like we are today. And lucky to no. get a, a thing of peanuts. <laughs> I was going to say, I also loved reading the food descriptions, just as um, Michelle mentioned I might. I wanted to taste that blackberry jam and mm. that, that saffron omelet and mm-hmm. any of the Italian dishes the pr- Italian professor cooked. Yes. Um, but I wanted to ask you, yes. does food play an, uh, as important a role in your life as it did in those two women? And I'll end by, are you allowed to tell us what you might be doing next? I can answer both those questions. Um it does play a role. I wouldn't say that I'm as big of a cook as either one of them, but I have a group of friends and we are pretty much bound by the meals that we share together. Um, you know, whether it's, we don't call them potlucks anymore, but essentially potlucks um, or we cook a lot for each other, you know, whether it's baking bread for somebody or I, I have some of that jam in my cupboard tape. I'm so sorry to <laughs> Oh, it's easy with that. I know Anthony Bourdain loved the markets in Vietnam, and I'm sure you did too. Oh, I did. I did. I mean, that's all the fresh food. Yeah, I. I mean, it was. I actually, I consider all of the friendships that I made in Vietnam. They were made over meals. You know, they're made over food. It was either cooking or eating or, you know, whatever the case may be. The food was always central to that. and it's very central to my life now. And it's central to my memories. Um, you know, those that blackberry jam, pies, um, pancakes, you know, those are um, all things that I grew up with and I associate with my, and then this will lead me into my next one, this associate with my Grammy. I'm actually, it's hard to explain, you know, because I wrote Love and Saffron for Friends. I didn't write it to be published. And that was only that only happened when a a different friend read the book and suggested that I give it to my agent. And I had just written it kind of to comfort myself. And when I finished it, I knew that it was going to be part of a quartet. Um, So they're not sequels, but the second book will be a compliment to it that takes place in the early 1950s. And I've been doing a lot of research about my Grammy um, because it's a story and I'm not giving anything away, but, I really want to write this story. You know, Imogen died because my great aunt Emma died, the woman who lived on Camino Island and she, who she's based on and died in the same way. And it was really hard because I wanted to keep her alive. And that was kind of one of the things I kept trying to do, but it never felt right. And so in the next book, I would really like to take readers from a place of grief, starting from a place of grief and taking them back to where they can experience joy again. And so that's kind of the path I'm exploring and it will definitely be a path through food and it will have letters, but it won't be in the exact same way because I don't want to just duplicate this, this book. The the new book has its own path that it's taking, but it will have a lot of the same. Will you ever come back or you don't know, but you'll never come back in in another book. Well, I'm giving a lot away, David, but in, in the third book, 
Oh, cool. The third book will take place in the 90s, and that will be um, Frida, the Jonan. Um, oh, yes. Oh, I can't wait. And then, in the, and then in the fourth book, all the characters will tie together, and Joan will be back. Netflix will option it and it'll be a series. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Not that God. Yeah, you're here and you listen. It's like, are you listening to us on this Friday night? Yeah. Oh, that's so, well, thank you so much for Ted. That's so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> It also holds me accountable when I tell people that I'm yeah. because I'm, it's like, well, I've told people now I really have to do it. <laughs> you sure do. The right. publishers will but, want it. Joni, so may to, I go next? May I go yeah, next? Because I, I heard your voice. I was just about to call on you. Go ahead, Joni. Oh, thank you. Oh, Kim, I love this book so much. I was crying. Mm. I was laughing. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting. Um, I said before that I live in a long-term care home. Mm-hmm. And the my uh, my uh, aide, my caregiver, mm-hmm. is from Jamaica. Okay. And she made jerk chicken one time. Oh. And I tasted it. It was a little too spicy for me. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a spicy girl either. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... The fact that um, the letters, people Mm -hmm. don't write letters anymore. They don't. And the wonderful thing about the letters was it was very sad because people don't write letters anymore. And um, I just love the book. Um, I love the the recipes, which, well, I don't cook anymore. I Mm -hmm. used to. But... um, I don't know that I would have made any of them, but and the relationship between Francis and um, yeah, it's so everything was so wonderful, and um, I thank you so much for it, Kim. Well, thank you, and I can't wait till the new books come out. <laughs> and I, hope- I want to see what what Frida's going to be like. Oh, she's a little firecracker, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but but you, you've captured one of the things that I want all of the books to capture. I really want it to capture just kind of the simplicity of life, that, that things don't have to be big and dramatic, melodramatic. And just the kindness that exists between people. I think we're getting, there's a lot of fiction. It just doesn't really explore that anymore. And I really want to honor those, you know, I've got some beautiful friendships and beautiful relationships and I want to pay tribute to that. And I want to read it. I'm, you know, um, Michelle, that review that you read. Yeah. I'm tired of everything in the news. I'm tired of all the yes out there. And I would just, and I don't think that it's being unrealistic to write about a kinder, gentler world. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's harder for us to get there sometimes these days because there's so much noise. Yes. And well, also I, the, the yes. thing is that uh, women, I, I don't know if a lot of men can understand a book like this because we women yeah. have such a bond between mm-hmm. us that men can never understand because they don't have what we have. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. We've got careful, some careful there. Dangerous ground. You can speak rebuttal to that one. I, I was just going to say, Kim. One of the things, one of the little wonderful details that you had in the book was when I used to write letters years ago. I would always do that P P P S. The letter. I mean. Because it was something that I haven't thought about in so long. And I thought, oh, my God, that's just perfect. Because people used to do that. They finished their letter and then they have one more thing to say. Uh-huh. So great. And I, I, I just I miss letter writing as well. And I think yeah. that was a big part of this. And I've had so many discussions with people talking about how this next, you know, I guess is Generation Z or whatever comes next. They are not going to have any record of, of a yeah. certain type, you know, to research my Next book, my sister and I flew to Washington, went to visit my cousins and aunts, and got out buckets of my Grammy's letters. And we started going through them, and they are a history of our family, but they're also a history of, of 
a time period. Mm-hmm. And those just all, and they're very intimate, but not, not like in a, not like a too personal way, but just the intimacy of daily life that, that people would write about. And it just breaks my heart to think of this entire generation moving forward that will never have that. That's true. Well, next I was going to call on Bob. Bob actually lives okay. in California. Oh, and hi, Bob. Bob. A, was, was a history professor for a long time. So maybe he'll share some of his thoughts about the historical elements hmm. of well, I thank you, uh, Kim and Michelle and others. I will be brief, and that's hard for me. <laughs> when I started the book, I said, oh, Jesus, it's a, it's a girl's book. And then I couldn't put it down. Oh. I just continued to read. I'm only a humble reader, but now I'm a humble Kim Fay fan. Oh. And I want, I want to say there were so many high watermarks, but... I just love Joan and Emmy and Francis and uh, all these and Mr. Rodriguez, Mateo. Yeah. I want to just say a couple of things. I grew up yeah. in Boyle Heights as a kid. I know what oh you're my talking goodness, about. Robert. I went to El Tapia. Every All of the things you mentioned, I'm an eighth generation Californian. I'm very proud of it. Oh, and my, my parents, goodness. My parents were Mexican heritage. We didn't eat saffron. I don't remember, but maybe I did with my yeah. grandmothers. But what you did in this book was take memories of our our families, your your family and Joan and all that, which which we did, but we didn't have tape recorders. I wish I'd have had one. Yeah. I was too old, too young for a tape recorder. That's how old I am. <laughs> I, I, I would have sat down with my grandparents for hours yeah. as you did. So thank you. And the high watermark was when Emmy wrote Mr. Rodriguez and said, Joan is going to see you. And when she does, listen. And oh. he came pregnant and he said, will you marry me? That I know. I, still, I got chills when you said that. Yeah. Thank I you. Love- I'm done because oh. these guys will kill me if I keep talking. Thank you. Oh Well, Bob, thank you. I mean, I live very close. I'm in Highland Park. So I live very close to Boyle Heights. El Tapiac, as you know, is still there. <laughs> um, still serving that big old burrito. Yeah. But it's just such a special part of our um, of our city. Our culture, but our city, it's just, well, it's the anchor. It's the anchor of the city. It's really the, you know, the cultural birthplace of it. Um, So I'm so, it's incredibly moving to me that you, that you prove, (laughs) you approve of my my rendition. So thank you. Thank you. This was a big change for you. I I was just checking on our website where we get books. You did the map of lost memories, which I read set in Cambodia in the 20s. Yes, I did. This was a big change. That was a sort of Indiana Jones type book. It was the biggest change, David. And I don't, I can't even begin to explain it. I wrote that book. It was published 10 years ago. Um, I was actually working on another bigger book about Vietnam when this book happened oh. and this book just poured out. I mean, I didn't plan Love and Saffron. Which books would pour out for me. Well, <laughs> they pour out once every 10 to 15 years. So okay. I don't know if that I don't know if that's truly pouring out because I have written, you know, half a dozen books in the between time. Um, but yeah, the, it's very different. And you know, I, I warn, I actually warn people <laughs> that, that it's different, just just in case. Um yeah. Well, next, I was going to call on Sally, and Sally is is actually a fellow writer, like as yourself. Fantastic! Sally, yeah, I went to her book launch not too long ago. Oh, a book of poetry! Congratulations! And, um, so, Sally, would you like to share any comments with the group? Um, thanks, Michelle. I'm actually a one book wonder. Um, <laughs> oh, I loved this book. But I, what I really loved about it was it's such a beautiful economy of words. It could Thank have you. been a, a conventional novel of several hundred pages, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been as beautiful. The Thank fact you. that you structured it in letters, you had to get so much information and emotion into a paragraph, into a postscript. It was, mm-hmm. how did you do that? <laughs> it was just lovely. Thank you. You know, it, it, I, I wish I could tell you how I did that, but I don't know, because as I said, I wrote it at the beginning of the pandemic and I was in kind of a trance state. Um, 
and I think I, I think one of the things that helped is I had so much of the story in my head already. And so I wasn't kind of floundering around. And sometimes as a novelist, when you flounder around, you end up adding a lot of pages you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because when my agent sent the book out to editors, there were a lot of editors interested, but only one who said, I want to keep it the same length. All the other editors were like, we need to make this a big book. <laughs> and my agent and I had been very clear from the start. I had written it to be read in an afternoon. That was my goal. And But we found this one editor, Tara at Putnam, who was just, inc- she was in love with the, like you, with the length of it, the economy of it. And okay. I, I also though think that letters lend themselves to that economy because you don't mm-hmm. have, you don't have to, in a letter, you don't have to transition between paragraphs, if that makes sense. You can be writing yeah. about one subject and then just move to the next because that's how <laughs> the letter goes. Whereas when you're writing in more of a traditional narrative style, you can't just be writing about cheese and then be writing about shoes and then be writing about work. You know, it's like you have to transition. And you can you can say, wow, I've got this idea I want to explore and then just put it in a PS. And so it really did, you know, that that the structure I chose kind of helped it aided that along. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So next I'm going to introduce you to my friend, my very good friend, Rosalie from New York city, who is a wonderful cook, knows a lot of food. (laughs) I'm intimidated by all these great cooks here. We often talk about food, so I don't know anything about food, but she knows a lot about food. <laughs> Rosalie, would you like to share any comments about the book? Yes, I um, I don't know as much as Michelle says about food. I, I do, you know, I cook, I eat to survive. I don't really cook fancy. I cook very plain. But talking about food, because I mentioned it to Michelle, I really enjoyed the book. The characters were nice. I love the idea about writing the letters back and forth, Thank and you. the characters were. They were, you know, they were real. You felt like you knew them. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I was telling Michelle was, um, well, I'm a, I love fish, and I love the recipes about the mussels. Oh, yes. You know, I, there was one recipe in there, the first one, I think, that you said. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, my God, who writes about mussels? But I just <laughs> enjoyed the mussels. And another thing, I told Michelle, and, and I did laugh, who writes about liverwurst? I love liverwurst. I do and too. I, said, no, I, I love. Most people don't like it. It's not a popular cold cut. You know, most people don't like it. And no. when I read about liverwurst, I said, "My God, whoever finds the word liverwurst in a book?" I, I told Michelle, <laughs> "It was really, it was, it was really good." Well, like I said, I, I did enjoy the mussels. I, I may mm-hmm. make that first one. That yes, I can't remember what it was, but it was a nice recipe. The saffron mussel recipe. That, actually- yeah, that one. That one was sounded. They all sounded good, but that one really sounds because I get mussels whenever I can, and the yeah. liverwurst just made me laugh. And I really did. <laughs> I really laughed so much. I said, "Liverwurst," you know. But the the characters were so real. It was a very enjoyable book. It moved quickly. You, it wasn't slow. It was really good. And thank you for writing it. Thank you, and thank you for being a fellow liverwurst lover. <laughs> I, it was very fun. Few people. <laughs> yeah, it was fun diving back into my younger days to go because I was raised in Washington, where and the Seattle area, where at the time they're they're you know you really had to to dig to find food from other cultures. And, you know, we ate roast beef and liverwurst and fried eggs and more roast beef. And, you know, it was just, that was, that was the time period and the geography, the place. Well, most of the time when you say the word liverwurst, people say, Ooh, you know, <laughs> oh, they have no idea, like a really good liverwurst on a fresh. Oh, yes, bread. And, good, and I love, I only, I love it on a roll. I can't eat it on white bread. But on Ooh. the liverwurst sandwich, I'll eat it on I love it. But I just laughed. I said, whoever thinks of regret. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Thank you again. Thank you. So, um, Alan, would, would you like to... Al, Alan went through a lot to get here tonight. His power is out where he oh, is. No. Oh, no. Poor Alan. Oh, Alan, I'm honored. Goodness. We really thank him. Yeah, he made extraordinary efforts. And he's yeah. a very good reader, always has really good comments. So I'm putting you on the spot, Alan. <laughs> well, no, 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 no problem. Okay. I, I, I'm the one that starts the book group. So I had to figure something out or, or none of us would be talking to each other right now. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, 
I, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of strong women characters. I, I say it over and over again yeah. in all these book groups and stuff. And thank you so much for setting this thing back in the time period when you did, when people still wrote to one another. I am just, yeah. I'm terrified that the written word seems to be vanishing from our mm-hmm. culture. And so people yeah. get these days. I mean, I love technology and I love the phones and all it does yeah. for us. But I, if I have to look at another YouTube video or another video <laughs> instead of people writing words and communicating that way, it's going to drive me stark raving mad. And uh, uh, you just did such a good job of, of showing this friendship between these two women. And they did it through the written word. And, you know, they were obviously the master of the postscript. Uh, I don't mm. remember how many. Did, did we get up to like a six P P P P P P? I think I we mean, did. I, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and, uh, another comment I want to make is uh, uh, I, I've, I've got a comment about I, I was an accountant in, in my former life. Okay. And I, 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 I just have to point out to folks that I think saffron's the most expensive spice in the world. Is, <laughs> is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it, it costs a bloody fortune. I think it it's, it's very is. expensive. Vanilla yeah. second and cardamom is third. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't yes. know that. I mean, I knew that, and I knew that saffron was like crazy expensive. Yeah, because right. it's those flower stamens. You have to collect a gazillion of them. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's, yeah. very, it's, it, it's, it's very expensive. But uh, the, 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 the book was great. And uh, th- thanks so much for sharing it with us. And thanks so much for being here. Because, Thank you, uh, Alan. I mean, we got, like ni- we got like 19 folks here. That's, that's like a new high for one of our Good book books meetings. Wow. So, uh, I'm impressed. I, usually it, it's, I mean, well, it can, it can range. <laughs> And and the last the last comment I want to make, I want to agree with what you said. We were talking about your friend's Vietnamese mother uh, and being able to communicate. I'm from the deep south. I I live in Mississippi. So we we know about food down here. And Mm -hmm. I I, I, I mean, I can't cook anything. I I can make a sandwich. That's about it. But but I I love food. And and somebody would certainly know if I was enjoying the food because I'd let out some nice moans and stuff <laughs> and, and they would know. I wouldn't have to know the language. They, they would know exactly what I was thinking. But anyway. There you go. Anyway. That's, a, that's a conversation though. That's a conversation <laughs> and a connection between people. Exactly right. So thanks so much. It was it was a great, great book. Thank you again. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Um, so next I was going to call on Jana. Jana, would you like to share some comments with the group? Hi, Jana. Yeah, I guess I would like to say I'm 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 not an author, and I like to eat more than I like to cook. But <laughs> I come I come home thing. and yeah, I come home and I read all these books for escape, and a lot of them are actually very depressing. And and mm-hmm. and I and then I ask myself, why am I doing this? I, I could go to work for this. <laughs> and this was not like that it was just very heartwarming and and um you know took you back to an earlier time and it resonated with me because uh the the age difference in the friends resonated mm-hmm. with me because my probably my best friend is uh was at one time was my high school teacher oh wow and we have developed a friendship over the years of very deep trust and respect. Mm-hmm. I tell her things I wouldn't dare tell anyone else. Yeah. And um, and she gets it. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of relationship. So it resonated because of that. And and even the racial difference that was in the book got mm-hmm. resolved. So it yeah. was just very up- uplifting. And so I just want to say thank you for writing the book and thank you for being here tonight. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, um, so next I was going to call on Ladon. Ladon, would you like to share some comments with the group? Yes. I thought that this was an interesting little novella, and I was uh, interested enough to be surprised and saddened that after her eye operation, she died. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a, a shock, and I was saddened uh, about that. Uh, but as the rest, as far as the recipes, mm-hmm. I'm a kind of a Rachel Ray thirty minute meal kind of a guy, you know. <laughs> and so they, they, I didn't keep any of those for that reason. Mm-hmm. And, but I was wondering, you base most of your characters in your books on real people, and I was wondering when you do that, mm-hmm. does someone you base the book on come back and say, 
oh, that was really me. Or do they say, oh, I would have never done or said that. <laughs> do your real people react to your characters that way? Well, let's see. My first book, everybody had passed away, so I didn't have that issue. In this book, um, I the response was um, that they were flattered especially the character that uh, Joan is based on because Joan's all, almost everything that happened to Joan professionally is based on the life of Barbara Hansen. And so, and Barbara's a very good friend of mine. She's in her eighties and I had written the book for her and she had read it, but obviously if she had 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 any discomfort with it, um, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been published. I would never have done that. But for, for that reason, would you be afraid if you were basing your book on a, someone, you know, afraid for them to make a poor decision in your book or something happened? They, they you know, were negative. Um, would you would you be afraid to do that? I would I think that I would definitely if I if the, if they were based on on the person, as for example, as as much as Joan is based on Barbara, I would have. But, you know, I mean, I did have. I mean, yeah, I did have Joan get pregnant and, yeah. you know, and go down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I guess because simply because of the fact that I would share it with the person, I'm not afraid of it. Um, and it's it's interesting though what that person will take away, because when I gave Barbara the book to read, you know, and I said, well, what did you think? And she goes, I loved it. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what did you love? She goes, I just loved how Mr. Rodriguez treated me. <laughs> and I said, Barbara, he's not real. <laughs> I know that, don't you? And he goes, Oh, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> oh. I when I read when I read about her being down in Mexico, mm-hmm. I thought, Oh my God, yeah, women are going to be flooding to Mexico, yeah, in the next few years. Yeah, it was was very, and it was very much based on that time period. Yeah, I'm going back to that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, being here. Uh, We don't always have authors come in, and this has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, LaDon. I actually butted in. I came across this online and asked Michelle if I could join you. Oh, my God. I was so thrilled. I couldn't believe that the author of the book that we were reading got in touch. I was beyond... Thrilled! It was so exciting, well, and when I told them, they were they were thrilled. As you can tell by the the reception yeah. tonight, everybody's so excited to talk to you. Um, Allison, would you like to share any comments with the group? Liverwurst. Oh, <laughs> I grew up on liverwurst. Yeah. Oh. I love it. Yeah. Yep. And when I when I was in um, junior high and high school, mm-hmm. for lunch. We had it in in our area. I lived in uh, the Philadelphia area then, mm-hmm. and I'd have liverwurst on rye. It was oh, yeah. One. In fact, my daughter, who is now an adult, she had it, and people would say something, and she'd say, be nice to me or I'll breathe on you. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of liverwurst. <laughs> the curse. Yeah. I loved it, especially with some onion. You know, it was wonderful. And I loved the book. Um, one of the things that impressed me was that you stayed true to form. There weren't any uh, uh, things that were put in that were missed that wouldn't have happened mm. in that age, in like in the 60s. Um, yeah. And I think it was really interesting that you, um, yeah, I. Telephones, telephone booths, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I just thought it was a, a great book. And I was not really surprised that Imogen died yeah. because um, she had been saying about her headaches and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and they kept mm-hmm. trying different things. And so when she had the tumor... Mm-hmm. I thought, oh dear, it's been there a while, and you yeah. know. So, but I loved the book. Oh, thank you so much! And I just, you know, that time period was really special to write about. And I love that my editor and I talked a lot about, you know, for example, how much self awareness could Imogen truly have at that time period versus you know somebody becoming aware today when it's all in our face everywhere. 
Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how much would they evolve? How much would, would it, would it be genuine to have them be aware of? Yeah. Um, which was an interesting, you know, area to explore with the character. And I, and I really liked France. <coughs> Excuse me. I really liked Francis. I didn't at the beginning, and I thought, I mean, he was okay, but. Yeah, he was, he was just, you know, your average Joe husband, you know. Right, but I really did like him. Yeah, he was based on my great uncle Frank, so. Who oh, did, really? Yeah, who did, who did fight in World War One and was engaged to a woman, and then his brother came back, and his brother was a big war hero, and his brother stole the woman away. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. yeah. No, he and my great aunt Emma were incredibly happy, incredibly okay. happy together and well suited. And boy, he really dodged a bullet by not marrying Vivian because he's not mouse. Okay. Uh, well, next, I, I was going to introduce you to my very good friend, Sandy, who's in Massachusetts okay. by way of Brooklyn, because she's wow. really she's a New York City girl at heart. Okay. He loves to cook and she loves historical fiction. So when I read your book, I said, Sandy, I said, I really think you're going to like this book. So Sandy, would you like to share any comments with the group? Uh, yes, I really love the book and it's Thank nice you. to meet the author. And um, I, I especially like the fact that um, the friendship uh, between these two um, came from this wonderful correspondence, which mm -hmm. I think at that time was more prevalent than mm -hmm. is today. I mean, letter writing um, is very different now. And I think that captured it really well. You know, I had, I had known one of the, one person who was the mother of a friend who mm -hmm. had a very close pen, pen pal relationship, you might say with yeah. somebody who uh, was distant and they developed such a close relationship and their family families continued beyond an, another generation and then another generation of being friends. It's, and, and I think this, this showed, you know, how, how that could have happened. And um, yeah, it, it, it was really lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that observation. I mean, there is something incredibly personal about letter writing, you know, even though you're, the person's not in the room with you, you know, you, you sit down, you get out your paper, you get out your pen, you might have a mm -hmm. cup of tea, you, you take time, you know, and then you go into your head and that person's in your head. And it's, it's just a, it's, it's a very unique experience, but it does create a shared intimacy with another person. Yeah. Well, we know also from all the letters that we have of historically, you know, from that, that we base um, so much of history on um, from letters that people wrote to each other, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. really. Uh, so, yeah, that's that was sort of the time when it was ending. And, um, mm -hmm. at the, you know, yeah. yeah, I wrote letters like I was a avid letter writer up into the mid 1990s mm. and then that was when you know good old email came along MC. yes and it, <laughs> went, it went fast yeah yeah, yeah. well since we have a, a i guess a few minutes and i don't see anybody else who's unmuted although we have other people but you know mm -hmm. not everybody always wants to talk oh, i'm gonna so. ask you two two quick <laughs> Um, okay. So you had mentioned that the character of Francis was based on your, was it your uncle or your great uncle? My great, great uncle. And did you have to do any research about like wartime experiences for, for that character? And then the other question I was going to ask you, I'm always fascinated by how writers write and their writing process. Mm, do you okay. have a kind of routine or, or, what what is your your and have you always wanted to be a writer since okay. you were younger, or did it develop later with you? Okay. Well, first of all, with my with my great uncle and the war, my my family we were just like big storytellers, you know. Do I? I'm, yeah, I'm trying to figure out who who that person is who has okay. the best voice. Oh, oh, it's gone now. Okay. Um, so I, you know, so. The, is it me? Am I start talking? 
Um, so my, my great uncle, my great uncle, um, my, that my grandfather and my great uncles told so many stories when I was growing up and talked about so many things. And for example, like the little newspaper clipping about Francis's brother, that's just the newspaper clipping about his brother, my great, Mm -hmm. my uncle's brother, great uncle's brother. And the stories from that time period are basically the stories that they told. Um, I don't know that are, are not, are, they're based on the time that they talked about, but also there's so much that they didn't talk about and they were such quiet men. And that's kind of what took me on the path of how the war had affected certain men. Um, and I wanted to explore that uh, because, you know, we have that whole generation who yes. came home yeah. and everybody was quiet about it. And nobody talked about it. Um, in regard to my writing process, it, I try and write every weekday, but you know, that's kind of a, that was all good and fine until I, I got a full-time job again recently. So I actually meet quote unquote, um, two fellow writers every morning from seven to eight, we, we text each other and say, go. And then we set our timers for an hour. Oh, wow. And we, and we all write and we're all writing obviously in separate places, but it holds, there's an accountability that helps get us, get our butts in the chair and being able to, if you write five mornings a week, even if it's just an hour, there's such a momentum that you can get going, you know, and then on the weekends, I'll try to write more if I can. Um, I've never been a full outline person. Mm -hmm. I've always been, I have an idea that I kind of sketch out and then I, kind of build it as I'm writing and I build toward this idea that I have. And a lot of things will change along the way. And to answer your question, I wrote my first novel when I was about 12. <laughs> um, I wrote a mystery, obviously, because I read Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. I, here's, a, here's a blast from the past. I put it in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Mm-hmm. And I mailed it to Random House. Oh my God. And they mailed it back <laughs> with, with one of those little, you know, a uh, little piece of paper that was just like a, a, a you know, a, a rejection note, but just, you know, the, the Xerox ones that they have, but I've been writing, you know, I started writing when I was that age and I didn't have my first novel published until I was 45. Yeah. And I wrote 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 and I, wrote, mm-hmm. I, wrote, and I kept writing and I kept submitting and I kept, getting rejected and you know but I love writing so even though I'd always wanted to be a published writer I never would have stopped because it's the writing that I love you know the the, the publishing is the bonus and having yeah. people read your work is super bonus but I just love writing stories Kim if there's time Liz Lindsay's hand is up yes I, I, I yes hi Liz would you like to share some comments with the group oh, I'm sorry I didn't see that I'm so sorry no I tend to stay muted while other people are talking just okay. so my house noises don't interfere. Okay. Um, <laughs> so thank you for writing this book. I really loved it. Um, I love the the dialogue and the letters. Mm-hmm. And it it also reminded me of reading A Color Purple, the letters, mm, the letters yes. between Celia and her sister, which was so beautiful because you really can just develop the characters to the point where, I mean, I was so attached to these characters that I also cried at the end. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, No, 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 no. It's, it's very unusual for me. Um, But some of the things I I loved was I've spent some time out on the long beach peninsula of Washington Mm, Yes, and up in ocean park. And one of the things that we would always do is go over to Oyster Bay and get just sacks of oysters and clams yeah. and, and, and Dungeness crab and, you know, mm-hmm. so, and just go back and have a feast. It was just beautiful. So yeah. that was nice. And I love the weather up there. Um, mm-hmm. And I really liked the, the time frame. At one point you mentioned tent dresses and I just smiled because it's been <laughs> decades. <laughs> I thought about tent dresses and, oh yes, I did have a tent dress, you know, um, but thank you very much. It was it was it was beautifully written, and I'm looking forward to your other books. Thank you. I'll, I promise I'll I'll write this weekend and keep writing. Get it get <laughs> going. <laughs> thank you so much. So I don't know if anybody has any any final thoughts or questions mm-hmm. that they'd like to share. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've oh, got one. I, I, I also love Liverworth. 
Yeah, I, I just want to make a comment. Seat. Yeah, it, it, in response to what Joni said about uh about men not getting stuff around. Yeah. I I this one brought tears to my eyes too. Oh. So you know, but yeah, you know, so yeah, you know. Uh, c- cut cut us some slack there. We're uh, we're, 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 we're 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 not all. Uh, even though I'm older and white, that doesn't mean that that I'm, I'm necessarily a bad guy. So you know, mm-hmm. they, they, we've got we, great yeah, men in our. We know what kind of guy you are. You're you're so terrific. <laughs> no uh, Neanderthal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. Even though no. I eat like one, I'm, I'm not. So <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a, well, I think, Alan, it was very one of the things that's in the book is it was very important to me to have good men in the book mm-hmm. because I've my, I have such good men in my life. My father, my grandfather, right. my uncles, my husband. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? if I can't read about a good man somewhere, I'm going to write about a good man because yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's really important to, we we've stopped um, celebrating that a little bit. And that really makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's good folks all over the place and it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's disappointing that the, the media gets, gets uh, you know stuck on something at times and, and yeah. you think every every man's bad and stuff so yeah well yeah, good folks don't case. sell and, news so yeah, yeah, that's right yeah, yeah. Right, so. and it also was so much fun reading about francis and mr pellegrini <laughs> and oh you know and you do know that mr mr pellegrini is a real person is oh. he a professor is it doctor <laughs> He's a professor and he wrote a book called The Unprejudiced Palette that affected me so much that that influenced a large part of what I was doing in this book. Um, it's a book that he wrote in the 50s. That it's sort of a memoir, but it's also just a real scathing indictment of the way Americans eat. Mm-hmm. And in the 50s, this, this, we did it. It was all that jello salad and frozen. And that's salad. what he, you know, he did. He did grow garlic in his yard. He did make wine in his basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting to hear because a friend of mine who I did not know this, she recently said, Oh my gosh, I loved your book so much. I sent it to uh, Angelo Pell- Pellegrini's daughter. And oh. I said, What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll see how she feels about yeah. <laughs> Bob. That will answer your question about. Um, when you write about somebody else, yeah. What happens. but yeah, that was, that was a, it was fun too, to write about a couple guys, just, you know, just having a great friendship. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was wonderful to read that. And you're right. There were so many really wonderful male characters and we often on read books where the male characters are not always portrayed as, as wonderful characters. So this was terrific. We had a lot of good ones to pick from. Yeah. And I think they were realistic too. I hope, you know, um, Oh, definitely not Pollyanna. They were just good guys. Well, well, Kim, we cannot thank you enough. It was such an honor and a treat and a pleasure to get to know you and to talk with you. And you were so kind to come on. And and my gosh, and you wrote such a wonderful book, and I'm I'm over the moon that there's going to be more. There will be more, and you will be seeing everybody a little bit again. Yeah, um, Michelle, I I would like to say before we go though, as you know, sure. thank you for thanking me, but it's the, it, the honor is all mine, especially when it comes to a book group because book groups read maybe twelve books a year, and so to have a book group choose your book. That's, that to me is, that's so moving. And then to have all of you respond in the way that you've responded. I mean, you've just made my week and your thoughtfulness here, my thanks far, far, not to get competitive, but mine far exceed yours (laughs) because I'm just, I'm just so grateful. This has been an absolutely lovely experience. Well, thank you. You have very, very avid readers here. And like I was before the group started to us, you know, uh, authors are like rock stars. So, yeah, <laughs> they, you know what? They are to me too. So, even yeah. I've got friends who are authors, and I'm still like, you're my friend, but I also worship you. Yeah, so. exactly. So, thank you so much, Kim. Right. We're, we're, I, I hope in the future, when your next book comes out, maybe you'll come back and you'll I would love that. Again. I that would absolutely so love wonderful. the conversation. Thank you so, so much. All right. Thank, thank, you, thank, you, thank you, everybody. You have okay, a good thanks. weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Too. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you. Well, I'll just I'll just mention to the group and then for the recording, um, the next time that we're going to meet is Friday, August 5th at eight o'clock Eastern time. 
And we're discussing a book uh, by Catherine Center, who is an author that we've read before. This one is called How to Walk Away. It is DB91087. And it's read by Therese Plummer, who's a pretty good narrator. And it's about 10 and a half hours long. So again, it's called How to Walk Away by Catherine Center, DB91087. And thank you. I, I was bothering every group that I went to in Accessible World. I kept begging people to come because I really wanted a great showing. And this was really a better showing than I could have helped, hoped for. And she was, I could tell by her email, she was, was a really lovely person. So I'm really glad that everybody got to meet her. And, you know, just thank, thank you all for coming and, and for, you know, asking such good questions and making such great comments. It, it was really it was a good, it was a really wonderful experience that it, it, yeah. thank you very, very much. She was great. Thank, thanks for picking the book yeah. and, and yeah. doing it and stuff. And, yeah. and I'll, 